for once in our lives, let's just jump into it without let's just, meticulously planning. Let's just jump. <laughs> <laughs> all the times that we like plan this out so well. Yeah, let's let's throw let's throw all of our, our caution to the wind. Yeah, exactly. Let's just take all of our anxieties and our worries yeah. about what people think. Just throw them out the window. Just jump right into it. Let's take the cra- cra- carefully crafted quality that we yeah. put into each episode and totally show our yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll do the intro, I guess, because I need you to do a Tarantino beat. That was a pretty good intro right there. That was, was, was that it? Was that it? Are we going? I don't know. I'm asking you. Was that the intro? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, then, what's good? Saul, dudes. Uh, welcome. You want to do a real intro, don't you? No, I mean, I, no, it's good. It'll just start with me going, I guess I'll do the intro, because you did for D&D. Sure. Well, there you go. That's the intro. So this is in the episode. We're on. We're on. Yeah, we're on. Oh, God. Okay. Mike's hot. Oh, wait, i got to do my hair. One second. Yeah, make the hair look cheese. No good. How do you walk out of bed like that? <sighs> is that how you phrase it? How do you get up out of bed like that? This, this is real sloppy. Are you sure this should be the intro? This is the intro. Okay, cool. This is for sure the intro. What's good, fams? Uh, I'm Alex. I'm Ryan. Yeah. Um, he forgot for a second. And uh, I didn't know. I wasn't giving my cue. The intro, intro isn't clear. Is and it's whatever. We do a clap. We have Henry come and do a clap. Yeah, he does a clap for us. What's the thing? Uh, this is like my fanfic. We are the internet's fanfiction podcast, mm-hmm. where we read fanfiction, review it, sometimes rate it, sometimes talk about just fanfiction in general. And uh, then we do some other dumb stuff where we have like skits. And last episode we uh, played Dungeons and Dragons, and I count that as fan fiction because it was a collaborative storytelling. That's right. And we took some very, very large liberties to the the campaign that I was trying to get. I would say so. So it was yeah. a fan fiction of what I was trying to accomplish, which was a, a coherent story. I mean, we fought a dragon, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> you did not. <laughs> well, that was pretty cool. We fought the dragon. My favorite part was when we were like, when we went back to the uh, the innkeeper, the bartender, Tobin, Tob- Tobes, and we were like, "Hey, dude." Uh, what is this nonsense about there not being a dragon around? And then you're like, sorry, sorry. And then I'm like, yeah. So where are the whores? And you're like, there are no whores. And I'm like, you lied about the dragons. Like, I don't know. I just thought that <laughs> no, was funny. I can't trust you. Yeah. yeah. It's like, how, how are we ever going to trust you guys? That's a good little plug. Yeah, I mean, let us let us know if you like that, if you enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we'll release more. I think we're planning on doing a lot of like Patreon exclusives. So yeah. it's all content that'll be on there for you guys. Yeah, exactly. And maybe the patrons will finally have something to get their money's worth. I say you guys because you're a dude. Whoever's listening to this, it's dudes. Likelies. Yeah. Yeah, likelies. The demographic is overwhelmingly female, or at least not male, in the fanfiction community, but only people dudes listen to this. Yeah. Only dudes listen to this. We're basically, it's like, this is like mansers for fanfiction. That's what we're doing. Like, <laughs> is there anything better than <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by Jack Link's Beef. Yeah, what a, what a shit show. <laughs> when you were like... That came on right after A Thousand Ways to Die. Yeah. When you're like 12 and you'd watch it and you're like, that's what being a man is all about. Like, that's what being a man is all about. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, Mansers. That's probably why I'm so messed up because I watch a lot of Mansers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A Thousand Ways to Die was also a really weird show. <laughs> that was a really weird show. So opening topic, BuzzFeed is at it again. <laughs> July 25th, so very recent, yep. 19 fanfiction tropes we all ate up in middle school. So we've talked about fanfic tropes before. I think it'd be nice to have a little fresher. I think it's nice to see what BuzzFeed has to say. Uh, well, BuzzFeed is always a welcome voice to any conversation yes. online. This is a timely manner, that, and the scholarly academic BuzzFeed mm-hmm. needs to tell us July 25th, you said? Yeah, must this been, year. Yeah, must have been a slow day. Must have been a super really slow day. Slow or a regular day for BuzzFeed. Slow day at the work from home office. Someone was like, man, I can't come up with any quiz ideas. <laughs> you know, <laughs> It's like, I, I just wrote, what produce are you in the produce market? I can't think of anything right yeah. now. So let's just talk about fanfiction. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, let's kind of, this one. Let's dig this one. What is that from Watchmen? The crazy's been. Yeah. Let's just let's just think that she listened to our podcast and was like, I need to talk about it. 
I mean, I, we inspire a lot of yeah. literature and art. So they, they start by saying, like, you had it, if you grew up with the internet, you went through a fan fiction phase, which that's not, not particularly true for everybody, but, <laughs> uh, and then someone, they link to a tweet, everyone goes through a moment in their lives when they have to put down the book they're reading and accept the fact that they've read better fiction from anonymous writers on AO3, which isn't wrong. You know what's crazy? Is I've never really been reading a book and being like, this is unbearable. Like, every time I read a book, I'm like, this is honestly good. Like, this is obviously yeah. written professionally and, yeah. and whatnot. Um, I also feel that way about some fan fiction. Like, this is yeah. like a very good, high-quality, borderline professional. But is that bad? I feel like sometimes if I don't like parts mm-hmm. of a book, I feel smart because I mean I'm paying attention. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I'm just blindly accepting everything they tell me. So I think even with, like, my high reading rate, and with you still have an above-average reading rate, than most people in the oh, country. Thanks. No, you do. You really do. Shucks. I still feel like with how much we read, it's still not as much as some people read. Mm. And like, because we haven't read as Real much... bookworms. Yeah, because we haven't read as much for as long as most people, we still have like the liberty of reading the good stuff. You know what I mean? Like, mm. and we're reading stuff that like is recommended to us. Yeah. Or like, for me, I'm just like going through all of Frank Herbert's back catalogs. Yeah, so I'm not like, just picking up like a 99 cent exactly. paperback at a store and just like, oh, yeah. it's probably awful. Like, you know the date with the book concept? You know what I'm talking about? That what you just like go out to dinner and tell that you know you blind know, date with a book you swipe right on a book and yeah. it shows up and you walk into bang. you know you walk into Barnes and Noble or the Strand shout out New York things and uh, they'll have like a, a brown paper bag that is wrapped over a book with like a, a you know a piece of twine on it and it'll be like blind date with a book twine I'm there yeah. I'm such a millennial mm-hmm. bro. if I see twine I'm there <laughs> but it'll have like a my food like, tastes better when I wrap it in twine in twine yeah it, it'll have a sticker that's like you know detective novel or like just something oh, really general yes, yes. and you'll go home and you'll unwrap it and you're like oh fuck I got a bad <laughs> oh, you know what I mean like, oh, sucks. shit but uh, <laughs> oh, they were trying to get rid of this one like how much do you have to read to read a blind day with a book book like all the other stuff you've wanted to read you've read it's also appealing to my millennial sensibilities because it alleviates the paralysis of choice yeah just like someone has done this for me and they put some twine on it so it's for me that's Mark Zuckerberg right there yep. yeah next thing you know you're gonna have a, a face full of sunscreen that isn't rubbed in, and you're going to be awkwardly wakeboarding, and everyone's going to make fun of you. That's just his spoil. That's his spoil. So to go back to that, I think that's who they're talking about. Like, people who literally, like, read that much, and they just go, like, halfway through a book, and they're like, this is bad. Or, you know, quarter boy, whatever. I'll be honest, I, I did that with two books when I was in undergrad. One was Slaughterhouse-Five by mm-hmm. Kurt Vonnegut, mm-hmm. and I still don't know if I like that book. See, I've read that book, and I was like, I like this book. This is fine. Uh, the Tremalpidorians was, like, so weird to me, but then when I realized it was all just, like, one big metaphor for PTSD, I was like, oh, it's actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was Catch-22 by Still Joseph Heller. Still heard that. I, when I was reading it, I despised it. I was like, this is so bad. And then when it was done, because it's told non-linearly, when it was completed, and I sat the book down and I had the full picture, I was like... <laughs> That's the surprise. Yeah. I really liked it. So, like, I, I mean, I've trudged through books. Don't was, judge a book by its cover, its middle... Or maybe even its end. Yeah, that's exactly. what you're saying. Yeah, the, basically, yeah, <laughs> it's great. All um, books are great. So maybe maybe if I read more, like I'll, I'll get to I'll get to that point. Where I'm like this book. Right. That's why I'm hypercritical of YouTube short comedy films because I've just seen so many. That of is them. true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here's another tweet they linked to. No one. 2011 Wattpack fic. I was getting ready for school, putting my long brown hair into a messy bun. As I looked at my blue eyes in the mirror, my mom came in. I sold you to pay our debt, she said. Come meet your new master. I went downstairs, and there he was, Harry Styles. <laughs> yes. So, that's a good mirror of the that's TikTok exactly, face. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly the soulmate you were talking about. Here, yeah. for the ASMR, let me just jingle my keys like it's in my pocket. There you go. That had to be uncomfortable because you were in gym shorts. It's just the keys. Yeah, it was just absolutely yeah. jamming it to me. Uh, so here are the 19 things that probably happened in every fanfic you read in junior high. And the one thing that didn't. 
right? Oh my god, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't happen. And the one thing that did. Uh, so one, eyes were always called orbs. We read that. Yeah, that's a thing, yeah. Uh, every male character was described as having a, quote, a mop of messy dark hair and a, quote, lopsided grin. That's pretty common. That's pretty common. I, I read that. Yeah, I would date him. He sounds like a good guy. Yeah. Every female character would always wear her hair in a messy bun, no matter the occasion. Yeah, messy That's... buns. Yeah, it was, always, it was like, oh, like, I don't know my work. I'm just, like, effortlessly gorgeous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love that bit from the tweet, too. It's just like, my brown hair. Yeah. And I look at my blue, blue eyes. eyes yeah. Da, 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 da. yeah. It's like when you first learn to write and you're, like, thinking you have to describe everything. Yeah. Every boy also mysteriously smelled like pine trees. I don't get that one. Yeah. You don't get it, or you no, get I get it? that. I you get do that. get it. Yeah, I've seen yeah. it. It's like yeah. I breathed in his scent, pine. Like I think it's the idea. Really? It's like that. Like it was him when was going through that lumberjack. Probably phase. the axe. Yeah, probably the axe. Oh, probably the axe. Yeah, yeah. Could be too. Uh, I, uh, then they like link to a tweet. I've never met a boy who smells like pine. Where do YA book characters find these boys? Are they actually just trees? <laughs> That's pretty funny. Good point. Uh, the author would just randomly insert themselves in the middle of the story to tell us their thoughts. I mean, we've oh, heard yeah, that. Absolutely. Yeah. The like that, like the Christmas Carol one that we read. Yeah, that was so funny. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. That was so good. Such a legendary guy. What was his name? Nicholas? Jeremy? It was one of those. Oh, it was, yeah, I got through like Jeremy or Dan or something. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes a fic would be tagged, not safe for work, so you would cautiously pull it up on your flip phone and then jump if your mom so much as walked past you. Bro, the f- I didn't, like, until I got the iPhone, yeah. I didn't have internet on my phone, no, so yeah. I can't sympathize. Also, I wouldn't want to load shit on that janky ass internet anyways. <laughs> I remember it, my phone, like my Nokia, as soon as you, or whatever I had, the first Nokia that could go online, mm-hmm. I remember as soon as I went online, it was like, warning, you will incur like yeah. a thousand yeah, dollars yeah, yeah, yeah. a second, and I was like, ah, back down. Oh, no, no, no. yeah, and yeah. Like, they keep the app like so prominently there, like you were definitely going to tap on it on accident. Yeah. But it always gave you that warning to mm-hmm. scare the living daylights out of you. Uh, band seven, band members and celebrities would show up to the narr- narrator's house with no explanation. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, their car broke down, yeah. but none of the Jonas Brothers can drive you. Yeah. Yeah. Except for maybe Frankie. <laughs> the bonus Jonas. Uh, there was sexual tension between literally everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And OC, original character, would just randomly join the group and instantly be trusted with everyone's secrets. You OC now. Long. Oh, with D&D. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. That's another D&D plug. A character would be killed off then just show up a few chapters later with no explanation. That sounds like... I, I that sounds like, like Sonic High School. <laughs> no, there was always an explanation. He was resurrected. Yeah, that's true. All the book covers look like this and it's just like a multi-ethnic conglomerate of people looking down into the camera. Mm. Is that a good way to describe that? I think that's pretty spot on. That's exactly what okay, I'm looking cool. at. Uh, two characters who don't yet realize their mutual attraction would somehow end up in a hotel room together and there would be only one bed. Yes, yeah, well, that's one of the soulmate like, things where they're, yeah. they're forced to share a bed. Mm-hmm. That's so awkward. I loved that, though, and I was upset. That was, like, my favorite fanfiction thing. I think now they also call it, like, sex spore, where it's, like, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. they're, like, otherworldly devices cause them to be attracted to each other, so they're, like, still contempt. Mm. but they're like also doing it yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know I just I love it it's good and they'd wake up in a quote mess of tangled limbs yeah yeah. that sounds like a Dave Matthews lyric too yeah. mess of tangled limbs <laughs> a character would smirk or chuckle like every other line <laughs> 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 most fics begin with Y slash N your name because who wouldn't want to imagine themselves getting coffee with Harry Styles in Hipster Cafe you tell me Gotta get that lopsided grin when I can. Exactly. And the moppy hair. Parents usually didn't exist, or they were weirdly chill about everything. Like, the children skipping school to hang out with Fallout Boy. Oh, yeah, exactly. And she'd be like, I skipped, I skipped school, which would have been bad, but my parents were okay. Yeah, she was totally cool. My mom was totally cool. 100%. At the same time, like, you're like, Mom, fuck you, you don't understand me. And then you're writing, like, my mom was, like, totally cool when <laughs> hanging out with Fallout Boy. Uh, everyone basically lived at Starbucks for some reason. Someone accidentally spilled coffee on someone else. You could guarantee they were destined to fall in love. <laughs> That's pretty good. Imagine a, like a coffee fic. Oh yeah. Imagine being in the background of one of those fics, yeah. like your character who's somehow self-aware yeah. that you're in a fan fiction, and you see like Taylor Swift spill coffee yeah. on the lead singer Paul Boy. Again, I don't know any of these people. I like you're that. just like they're gonna bang. 
Imagine you like turn back to your person. Yeah, yeah, those two. They're definitely gonna fuck. They're banging. Imagine like uh, have you ever seen? Imagine we're doing imagine. Imagine we're doing imagine. Uh, have you ever seen Stranger Than Fiction with Will Ferrell? Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah. So what if what if someone wrote a fanfic where they're in the coffee shop writing a fanfic and then like the celebrities walk in and like have the meet cute with like the coffee spilling on them like as you're writing it you're like watching. Yeah. So you write a fan fiction of Stranger Than Fan Fiction. Yeah, Stranger Than Fan Fiction. Where you're the OC. Yeah. As an insert. Yeah. Oh okay. What if you're writing about Will Ferrell, too? It's very I'm meta. A huge meta. That's it was Will Ferrell. and fucking meta. Um, insert other uh, celebrity here. Mm-hmm. Christian Chenoweth. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Or uh, Rachel McAdams. There you go. She was just in Eurovision with him. Did you watch that? No. My sister watched it. She liked it? No. Yeah. I don't... I don't uh, you're talking about books that you don't like. You know, that you... You, know, you didn't like the on. novelization of Eurovision, didn't you? No, I actually love the novelization of Eurovision. Uh, mm-hmm. But as far as movies go, I'm actually really... Even if I hate a movie, I'll finish it. I don't know why. Like, I'm, I don't watch enough movies to be like, I don't have time for this. Yeah. Like, I just like, so if I'm watching one, I'm like, well, I started, I might as well finish. And I've, I, I, recent memory, I can think of two that I stopped. And I think it was the only two I've ever stopped watching. It's like been very recent. Batman v Superman and Justice League. Uh, no, I've watched BVS multiple times, <laughs> including the Ultimate Edition, uh, which is like three hours long. But we know you hate those movies. Yeah, they're the worst. Um, the first one was, I think it's called The Week Of. It's an Adam Sandler movie on Netflix. Okay. And it is just so incredibly <laughs> god awful. It is like, I, I, I sat through all of the hateful things. Oh my god! Wait, even that Tarantino movie? I've never not seen Hateful Eight, the Ridiculous Eight. Oh, the Ridiculous Six. Ridiculous Six. That's what I sat through all of that, and it was god awful. Uh, and I sat through all of just all of his other shitty movies, but I, I couldn't sit through. I couldn't sit through that. And then there was one on Hulu that was like trying to also be a scary movie parody, but did it way worse. And I just couldn't sit through that. Yeah, yeah this looks um, this looks pretty tough to get through. It's bad. Oh, here we go. The, the, right. oh, that was the that was the trailer coming up. I don't yeah. want to watch that. No, no, no. And finally, there would always be a super long author's note at the very end, and it could definitely be concluded with XD. Our last author's note at the end was just, please end me. Yeah, I want to die. <laughs> yeah. Well, the one for Storm Area 51. Right. Or Episode 51. Yeah. Clap them cheeks. Yeah, clap them cheeks, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's the, that's the list of BuzzFeed. It's good. It's good reflection. Yeah, I mean... Good recap. I feel like that was a list yeah. of other lists that the author, like... Found. Haphazardly yeah, searched yeah. and just wrote down. Absolutely. And just screenshot a couple tweets and was like um, that's it yep. like, honest honest work for honest pay that's pretty much over it, here yeah. in BuzzFeed yeah I hit my character limit so let's do this <laughs> or character minimum so time to scrape in that cold hard cryptocurrency time to uh, time to uh, close the old laptop lid and uh, crack open a nice bottle of red yeah a nice uh, a nice white claw yeah. let's get going oh my god yeah. what the fuck kind of world are we living in <laughs> I'm very much romanticizing the life yeah. of a BuzzFeed writer I would I'm, I would like to spend a day in there yeah. comms I don't know they I, uh, yeah. I like to think that BuzzFeed writers are the same ones that are like out protesting and like screaming like seize the means of production mm-hmm. it's like your means of production is your computer like, like you don't you're not going into a factory where you're like making twine mm-hmm. and you're like we need to seize the twine machine god I, would work. I should quit my job and go work at a twine factory you know what I mean like like you're not you're not doing something like that like your means of production is like twitter and your computer yeah you're like a cultural parasite really yeah. your entire existence is just being a vulture off of like the scraps yeah. of the like uh, yeah, just the underbelly yeah of, exactly like you're getting paid to yeah, do like society. a fan fiction article right. we're really dunking on buzzfeed <laughs> <laughs> like, holy shit but like, well, you get my point, right? Like, like you're like running around, and you're, I don't know to be like a, to be like a <laughs> you're, sexual... you're, you're, you're like late to your BuzzFeed meeting because you got caught up at Whole Foods. Yeah, and like the trains are down. Yeah, and like your shoes are falling apart because they're not made from transit, and you're just like late to the meeting. Your yeah. laptop's dead. You're like, I'm so sorry. You're plugging it in. It was raining. Your hair's wet. Like, in a messy who bun. does that? Yeah, in a messy bun. Who yeah. does that? I don't know. Your don't orbs know. are starting to water because yeah. you think you're gonna get fired. Beautiful blue orbs. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who would do anything like that. That's awful. Not this guy. That's awful. Yeah. 
But yeah, season means production. Let's let's <laughs> let's take their laptops from them. Yeah, that might actually be better for the world, you know. I yeah, if all BuzzFeed was just like handwritten articles posted in coffee shops, I would do, I'd like that. Yeah, you know? like a decree. Yeah, BuzzFeed decree it, and then just instead of like nineteen fan fiction tropes, it's like ninety five theses about fan fiction. Exactly, I'd like that. And it's just like they they hire like a young ragamuffin to go yeah, to yeah, every yeah. local a town caller tavern yeah. and and nail it to the to the door. That's how you get your BuzzFeed news. That's I like that. Why aren't we doing that? That's guerrilla marketing. That's that's that is, that's advice. Advice. That's grassroots. Yeah. That's that's and that's our roundabout way of introducing our suck my fanfic newsletter. And oh that's shit! How, that's yeah. how it will be delivered. Go check your local coffee shop. Yeah. And also uh, wear a mask. Could you be a ragamuffin and go banging on the door for us, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're no, currently currently enlisting ragamuffins. Yeah, ragamuffins. We're looking for all ragamuffins, uh, vagrants, <laughs> and rapsodians. The, the twenty-five cent tier of our Patreon is called ragamuffins. <laughs> And you get access to our, 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 uh, our newsletter. newsletter. Jesus Christ, like we would actually give ourselves any more work than we already like put off. <laughs> I like the idea of taking on more. Yeah. Like, no, like we can totally handle more when we can barely handle yeah. what we uh, can. What do we think of weekly? Bi- we- I'm thinking daily. You're thinking daily? Daily, yeah. Daily. We're going to start the With an evening edition. Vlog channel. With an evening edition. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's such a bad 100 thing. days of vlogs. Here Yo. we go. Day one. That's the long Oh, I love those. Like, um, I just want to like let you all know that I'm going to be posting weekly, and then like three Wait, weeks later, there's nothing. <laughs> like, I'm gonna make this a daily bit. Like, guys, really gotta hold it to me. Like, yeah. fan gang or fan fans, oh, whatever yeah, yeah. we're calling uh, guys. Low gang for life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so like, if you're a maverick, just like hold me to it, and then you just like totally forget to do it. Uh, so like, delete channel yeah, ten yeah. years later. I, I hate when I like I'll get onto a good YouTube channel and I'll be like, yo, this person is insanely good. <laughs> like, and they said they're posting weekly. What's their newest thing? And you click on it, and they've been posting in like three months, and you're like, yeah. It's like this um this like video essayist that I like mm-hmm. it was like every every frame of portrait and he like really yeah. dug deep into you like movies and like yeah. how it's all staged. Asked him posted a video in like two and a half years. Jesus. Who was the video essayist? What? Who was it? It was every frame of portrait. Oh, that's the, the main channel. Okay. Yeah. Every frame of every portrait. Frame of portrait. Interesting. Yeah. It's there's, about like movies and analysis. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. There's one that I like a lot, um Nerd Writer One. Nerd Writer, yeah. That's another good that one. It's great. It's it's like Nerd Writer but like a little even more in depth mm-hmm. in highly research. I was like, oh, perfect, but literally it's been shut down for like many years. Yeah, you know, it's, it, part of me is like gets angry when I see that, but then another me is like gets really jealous. Maybe they got a real job because it's like it's like oh, it's like you're living in the real world now, like you weren't before. Good for you. You know what I mean? While nerd writer gets way more famous, it probably makes more money and gets more recognition. Yeah, yeah for, for sure, for sure. So you should just stuck with the game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The real world is online. You basically took nerd writer's pants. Maybe it is nerd writer. There's another channel called Just Write that I watch. I think I've heard of them. And I swear to God, they sound identical to me. Like, to me, they could be both, they could be the same person, mm-hmm. just with different, different things that, mm-hmm. that he accomplishes. I think I saw that one. Is that one, like, how they teach how to, like, set up, like, magic systems and, like, the yeah. different, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That one's good. Uh, they have one about the Dark Knight, which is, like, pretty bomb. Mm-hmm. It's about, like, uh, creating conflict. Creating mm-hmm. conflict. It's really nice. good. Um, well, look at that. I guess we, I don't know, did we do something? Yeah, we spun a yarn of twine. Yeah. Around the throats of every BuzzFeed writer, and uh, we pulled. Yeah, I like that. You know, uh, this is totally unrelated, but I just learned this. I'm going to talk about it. Uh, do you know that apparently later in his life, after he got very famous, uh, Gandhi got very familiar with uh, spinning yarn and spinning like fabrics, like uh, you know, like twine. And Everyone yarns. has a phase where they get really into like bird yeah. watching or something. Yeah, yeah. So that was like his thing, but it, it became so synonymous with him and his movement um, that before people were allowed to interview him, they'd have to learn how to do it. And so, like, for a guy who was all about like peace and acceptance, that seems kind of like. A high barrier to entry. You forgot the third one. What? Beating your wife. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you forgot that one. Peace, right. acceptance, and beating your wife. Yeah, I mean, all about those things. Yeah. Um, but no, he, he literally would be like, yeah, no, you have to learn how to spin 
you know, the yarn or whatever. If you can't, <laughs> if you can't spin with Gandhi, yeah. you're not ready to go. You're not ready to go. Yeah, that's if I was like a flywheel instructor, that's what I'd be mm-hmm. like. We're spinning. We're like spinning, spinning with Gandhi. Gandhi. That's good. But have you seen the uh, the Indian, the country of India's flag? No. It has a spinning wheel in the middle of it. Oh, because of him. Yeah, I assumes. I didn't actually fact check that part, but. I'm gonna say that's fact. Or did he pick it up because it was on the flag? Chicken or the egg? The Gandhi or the loom? That could one? be because he yeah. first he was an activist before they were their own. Country. Ah, because he was trying to they were, yeah breaking yeah. through from independence. Yeah, so. sure. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense then. Yeah. He also learned a lot of his nonviolence in South Africa. Grew up there as a young boy. Oh, or a young man, I should say. Hmm. Yeah. So look at that. I don't know if that has anything to do with anything, but I'm just kind of flexing on you with historical knowledge. Yeah, with your Gandhi knowledge. Yeah, I know knowledge. an embarrassingly small amount about Gandhi. I think that's okay. I think that's okay. Are you trying to say that Gandhi's over? We've gotten way off the... What is the theme of this episode? I don't know. You're the one with the pick. We're just ambling. Yeah. What is the theme of the episode? I, I don't know. Fan fiction? I hope so. Okay, cool. I thought you had a pick. You actually don't have a pick? I actually don't have a pick. I thought you had a pick. I thought you said it's okay. I can come up with one. I can look up one. You right never now. said come up with a pick. That's true. I didn't. That's why I thought you had it. No, I don't. Oh, well, son of a bitch. I'm, I'm not in. Give me a second. <laughs> this is about... It's a 14,000 word fan fiction. And it's if all of the guys of One Direction were actually the guys of Try Guys. Okay. And, like, they have to accept a new member because there's five One Directioners and there's four Try Guys. So Harry Styles is the, the D'Artagnan of their musketeer group, so to speak. And then, of course, they'll fall in love. Smash, smash, smash their dicks together. I don't know who D'Artagnan is. You know, we're in uh, 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 Three Musketeers. Mm-hmm. Got Porthos, Arthos, and the other one. And then, um, I thought it was, like, Athos, Porthos, and... I don't know. Whatever. And, um... It was no, it was the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. Right, whatever. Yeah. It was Charizard, Charmander, uh, Bulbasaur, and Squirrel. That sounds right. And there was like this other guy who was like, hey, your gang is pretty tight. Can I join? His name is D'Artagnan. And they're mm-hmm. like, no. And like the whole book, he's like, I want to join. And they're like, nah, dude. And then at the end, they're like, all right, you're cool. And they throw their swords up and they're like, all for one, one for all. And then they're all like, let's go grab some candy bars. Bro, it's the three musketeers, not the four musketeers. He is the fourth musketeer, D'Artagnan. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, okay, so we're going to do an Avatar The Last Airbender fanfic. Okay. Give me the elevator pitch on Avatar. Okay. All right. Okay. Sorry. I'm so, He's a kid, and he's got the power of the elements. The elements. I'm going to call him Element Man. Uh, <laughs> um, Avatar The Last Airbender, if you don't know, you haven't been on Netflix or Only TikTok. Only 90s kids remember. Um, it's had a huge resurgence, because again, it's finally on Netflix. Yep. But the most dope, sweet action-packed, kid-friendly, Eastern philosophy-waving, yeah. sick, storytelling, character-driven show ever, Avatar Last Airbender. Okay, basically, you got your four tribes. Yep. They all control elements. Yep. Earth, wind, fire, and water. Ether. Oh, yeah. And ether. Ether. <laughs> and uh, you got the Avatar, who can control all four elements simultaneously, mm-hmm. and uh, he just tries to bring balance. There's only ever one Avatar at a time. Yep. You know, it has to do with spirit turtles. There are spirit turtles, yeah. There are right. spirit turtles. Again, it kind of lost me. It kind of yeah. lost me a little bit there, but then I brought it back. Well, in. the thing is, when my little baby boy brain had no idea what any of that was, mm-hmm. but the whole any elements thing is pretty cool. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, guess who? You know, Fire Lord Ozai, because the whole point is that the Avatar disappears for a hundred years. Ong, not Ang. They they call him Ong in the live action movie. <laughs> so Ang, um, he disappears for a hundred years, and the Fire Nation is like, all right, we're going to take over then. And they start attacking everybody and, like, you know, try to rule the continent. 
They're the industrialized. Yeah, they uh, have like, like steel ships and stuff because um, they can use their fire to forge. If you're a very good firebender, you can do electricity, which is pretty badass. Or if you're Azula, his sister, you can do blue flames, mm -hmm. which is even cooler. I always thought that was electricity, but then I rewatched it. I'm like, no, that was blue. No, There's actual electricity. Yeah. Yeah. I yes. thought she was the electric one, but no, 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 no. she's blue. She is not the electric type. Okay. That freaking blew my mind. I always thought she was the electric yeah. one. Do, do, do you want to? Do we? Do we want to address why there are so many electric type mice Pokemon? Let's leave that for another day. But you get what I'm saying. I yes. There's hella electric mice, and it's because Pikachu sold a lot of merch, and they're like, we need another. We need another one, and another one, and another one, and yes. another one. Okay, that makes sense. Um, guess who is the voice of Fire Lord Ozai? Technically, the main antagonist. Hmm. I'm gonna say Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. Yes. Luke Skywalker is an Avatar: of The Last Airbender. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. When in doubt, voice actors make it Mark Hamill. Yeah. Ozai. So when was the last time you watched Avatar? A couple weeks ago, probably. The whole thing. Uh, I, I watched like bits and pieces of it. Okay, came yeah. in and out, yeah. Highlights. Mm -hmm. um, I watched, I would probably say it's seven years ago that I rewatched the whole thing. Oh, really? But I was like, I don't need to watch book one. I'll just watch the movie. And then I'll. <laughs> so I did that. Which the, was just, the movie, which is famously very loyal to the source material. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. almost a carbon copy of the tone and everything. Everyone really got famous because of that movie. Yeah. Man, they got so famous they couldn't do another one. Yeah, they got so busy. Yeah, they're really other, busy other with other all jobs. of those. Yeah, uh, the kid that played Ong hasn't done anything since. Good. Neither, good. Neither has most of the cast. Good, no, don't glad. say good on no, no, him. No, no, good. Like I'm glad because he needs to be out of the spotlight because he would be ridiculous. Oh, he would. It's a good Jake Lloyd yeah. situation. It is a Jake Lloyd I'm glad situation. that he has found some level of privacy. Hopefully, yeah, that's my hope. I hope he's not haunted by this, especially because it, since Avatar got so popular again, it's like a trend haunted. on YouTube right now. Yeah. For everyone to watch the live action movie and shit on it, yeah. and they all make fun of him. And then Zoomers they make fun of, like, react, yeah. To, yeah, and they make fun of the, the actors, and it's like they're just trying to get this bread, bro. And they're kids, yeah. Like they really cast young, yeah. Like they're trying to get paid, and you're sitting here like making fun of them, and you're a fucking whole ass adult. Like, yeah. first off, that was a long time ago, so they're not kids anymore. But you get what I'm saying. But like, mm -hmm. and then you just get mad at M Night Shyamalan. Like yeah. he's and, the, that, and obviously there must have been massive studio interference because of what the heck was going on. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I want to see a live action, and I don't know if you know this, the creators of Avatar are making a live action one. I know. It's yeah. going to be a straight up remake, though. Nothing new, nothing new added to it. Uh, to my knowledge, it's going to be obviously an adaptation to live action, but it's supposed to be a straight up remake. The, oh, is it going to be like one of those Disney adaptations where they don't put the music in it? Because I, I don't know. If I don't hear girl we're fighting for i'm yeah. not gonna go to the cinema i'm not gonna go or uh oh god what's the leaves from the vine is that the uncle iroh song oh yeah yeah, yeah. tales of boss yeah, you yeah, say yeah. I mean, that that's good that's gonna be that's gotta be in it um i'm excited to see what they're gonna do i just know that right now there's like a big controversy online especially between the younger young the youths mm -hmm. um where everyone is like trying to pin a particular race to each tribe because yeah. each tribe is sort of its own race right and like i never took it as like oh the fire nation they're Japanese, and hmm. the the Air Nation, they're Korean. Like, I never watched it that way. I yeah. just looked at it as, like, they're not real, and this isn't the planet Earth. Yeah. They can bend elements, so they're just, you know, they're a shade of tan. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, they're a shade yeah. of brown. Yeah. The only thing I got was, like, oh, maybe the guru who teaches Aang how to enter the Amazon. Yeah. Say, like, maybe he's Indian. Yeah, and <laughs> that that's... Does that mean anything, because there's no Indian in this No, world? so, like, if you go, if you go on, like, TikTok, or you go on, like, where all the Zoomers hang out, where yeah. the Zoomers hang out... Um, there are, like, a lot of arguments about, like, what race the water tribe is supposed to be. And they're like, don't even come at me unless you want Inuits. You're this fucking water tribe, bro. And it's like... <laughs> I just uh, think it's funny because that's, like, M. Night Shyamalan trying to, like, draw those lines. Yeah. And, like, the water tribe was white. And everyone got, like, so mad about that. And, like, I get it because they're not even really... They're not white in the show... In the, the animated show. I mean, they're definitely some yeah, sort of brown. Even, even then, it's like... 
Gosh, you're like, no, like, it's funny how, like, there are old, old heads mm-hmm. and young heads yeah. in this thing that, like, we watched when we were kids yeah. and it was, like, less than maybe 15 years old. Yeah, and now, like, they're experiencing it for the first time. And yeah, like, and they're, like, standing it. Yeah. And, like, and it's, like, I mean, they literally came up with this in a writer's room, like, literally, like, 15 years ago. Exactly. This is not set in stone. You're not, like, no. disgracing the character's name by just doing whatever you want. Yeah, them. and the other thing, too, is, like, it's not wholly unreasonable to think that, a wa- like, the Water Tribe's supposed to be, like, you know, cold weather. Mm-hmm. It's not wholly reasonable that they could be white. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they could be Nordic. There are Norse people. You know what I mean? Norse. I get that they're not, they're, the stuff that they're depicted as using in their culture is not very Norse, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I don't know why you would get so mad about that. And I understand that they say like, oh, well, it's Eastern influence, so all of the characters should be Eastern Asian characters. But at the same time, none of the creators are Eastern Asian. Yeah. They're all like, they're hella weebs. weebs. Yeah. yeah, they're weebs. So like, <laughs> I mean, you can kind of do whatever you want with it, right? And especially you're picking the water tribe, which besides the air tribe is like, cares, the lowest population. Cares. Yeah, literally, like everyone has like actual cities. They live in igloos yeah. and like tents. Yeah, exactly. Except for the the northern tribe, which and has like gets, the one castle. Then it gets murdered. Yeah, but like I, I I didn't mind the Indian like Indian people being the Fire Nation and like you know generally like Eastern Asian people being the Earth Nation. Like that's kind of how they went. That's fine, but like I guess they don't want to do like. People on TikTok are getting really angry. So, like, you'll literally see a TikTok video and it'll be this girl. And she's like, hey, just so you know, um, I do martial arts. And also, like, I really love uh, Avatar. So, uh, because, uh, what's the what's the girl's name? Why? Katara. Because Katara uh, is this color brown, she's actually supposed to be Vietnamese. And because of that, I'm Vietnamese. And so, I should play Katara. And then and she's like, um, here's my campaign to make me Katara. First off, you're not entitled to jack shit. You're entitled to dick. <laughs> Secondly, you probably saw it in America because you're on TikTok. Exactly. And then and then someone else, like, responded to it. She's like, actually, she's very clearly Filipino. Oh, God. So, I should be a guitar. And it's like, what is wrong with you? Like, I, I stand. I, I am guitar. I like, Spartacus, yeah. We, is, we all, if you can take anything away, we are guitar. We are all guitar. We are all, we are all guitar. And it's just, guitar shouldn't even be a character. It should just be like, what? A, 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 a conglomeration. The, the missing no from Pokemon. Yeah. Like, and it like speaks or, in like sound bites yeah. and really loud noises and unpleasant things. Every single episode, it's another person. That could work too. a different person, different race, different nationality and ethnicity yeah i just i love the scene, scene even just recast i think about the, what the thought process is where they're like the casting agent's definitely gonna watch my tiktok yeah this is gonna blow up it's gonna blow up i'm definitely gonna be a guitar from this yeah the casting agent doesn't give a single fuck I about can, your this, TikTok. this is the kind of people who are like 10 steps ahead they're like i'm on the red car carpet of my third movie yeah i get pulled aside i'm sitting in a director's chair we're doing it and they're like tell me about your start i heard you guys started with a TikTok video? Yeah. Like, mm. and it's like, bro, you're still in your basement. Yeah. <laughs> don't get out But I have to admire the confidence. I will say that. I respect the confidence. You don't have to. I do. I do. You can. You I respect it. it. So, that's basically what we think. That's what Avatar is. Yeah, all of that. Yeah, whatever that message. But no, so they're doing live action. It's just had a resurgence. It was, I think it's the longest um, Netflix top 10 show ever. Cool. Of all time. Um, I believe it beat Ozark. It's not, it's not as tied with Ozark, so that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's going to only get even more popular because The Legend of Korra is coming on uh, in August. Yep. I need to watch, I haven't seen a single episode of that. I'm going to be honest with you. I watched the first, like, three, and they're, like, driving cars, and it's, like, the 1920s. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ooh, what in the fuck? And it's only set, like, 50 years after the first mm-hmm. one. That's what happens when all the nations come together. That's exactly what they say. When when Ong uh, reunites everybody and, you know has the Fire Nation stepped down, they, mm-hmm. like, just go into this, like, industrial and technological marvel. I love how, like, the Avatar, like, it's not depicted as, like, the Avatars uniting people. It's, like, the Avatars, Dr. Manhattan, yes. just happened to and be he's born like, to, like, one yeah. nation. Yeah, and yeah. he's, like, sit down. Yeah. And, like, just destroys one group. And yeah, that's like, pretty much it. It's not, like, we're all unified. You're done. Yeah. These people are in charge now. Yeah. Uh, but Legend of Korra uh, has a female, antagon- female protagonist. She's from the Water Tribe, because it switches every... Aang is a airbender. Who? 
Ong, Ong's an airbender. He's the last airbender. Mm-hmm. And the Avatar, the last airbender. And um, so, I guess, we, did, did we really explain, like, the plot of the show? Yeah. Did we? You know, he's yeah. trying to he's, he's trying, trying to master to, yeah, all the elements. Yeah, the fire, the fire, the fire okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, I will say this one thing. Yeah. Before we get into whatever you're going to get into. Yeah. I watched the Guru episode, which is, like, the end of season two. That is, like... Honestly, I watched that and I was like, Empire Strikes Back? Maybe not that good of a movie. Yeah. Because this does it possibly better. Season 2 is Earth, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, book 2. He, like, goes and learns from the guru about, like, what what the essence of this whole, mm-hmm. like, society is. And, yeah. Like, where his power comes from. Is that when he learns about the spirit turtles? The chakra and everything. Okay. And they're just like, I'm like, yeah, this is, this guy's better than Yoda. Yeah. This, uh, is, this is dope. Yeah. And I'm, this is like a kid. I'm, it's 8 p.m. I gotta go to bed soon and it's Nickelodeon. Yeah. And so, cool. and I'm watching. Yeah. And that was uh, that was one thing I was thinking about Avatar is they didn't do previously on's right. I don't, I I don't think remember. they did. I wouldn't remember. Yeah, and so that was like big. Like you literally had to watch it when yeah. it came out. That was like one of those just like serial got to be like I had to be It wasn't like oh a new SpongeBob's yeah. coming in. I missed last week's. So I'll be fine. It was yeah. like no, you got to be up. You got to be air. You have to watch it. So that's that's that says something because I got kids attentive and like you know time managed. I guess I don't really know, but. Yeah. Um, wow! Wow! You check your like little like Crayola watch. I've got to be home by this time. I gotta watch my yeah. shows. Okay, is it Sokka or Soka? Sokka. Okay, so in the movie they call him Sokka. <laughs> but was the movie just out? To, like, it was literally like let's rape every pronunciation <laughs> possible. Uh, but guess Kara. who? Guess who plays Sokka in the movie? The voice of Sokka. I guess who does the voice? No, the guy that plays Jasper from Twilight. Oh really? Yeah, you know the weird, awkward like one who wants to eat everybody. Yeah. That's that's. Same guy. I mean, that's their star. That's their star power. That's right the there. star power. He's the yeah. he's the heavy hitter. Uh, sweet Jesus. So yeah, I guess I guess that's a good good intro. I don't know. Uh, it's it's certainly an intro. We're talking about the the fifth today is about Zuko, who is the Fire Lord's son. Oh. And uh, he wants to get his honor back by catching the Avatar. He always has to restore his honor. He by always has to restore his honor by, yes. by catching the Avatar. That's a good meme. And oh my gosh, you know who actually did get famous? Because I was like, who played Zuko in the movie? Because I thought I knew who it was. Yeah, Dev Patel. Yeah, Dev Patel. So like, someone did get freaking massive. Yeah, Dev, I mean that guy's arguably in, in Hollywood in Western media, probably arguably the biggest Indian actor. Yeah, that's perfect. I think that's fair to say. So that guy's great. He's definitely in a ton of movies. Yeah, like critically acclaimed. Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, so I mean, yeah, he plays Zuko, which is crazy. Uh, it's it's weird too. If you watch the the live action movie, you can like very clearly tell. When they're CGIing the kids, but like the kid that played Ong was actually a martial artist, so you didn't really need to CGI him that much. But they CGI him a bunch. Mm. It's like again for little young Anakin, they got an actual Jedi, but they yeah. proceeded to do all of his stuff and special effects. Like no, he's an actor. That's why you got him. Terrible yeah. actor, real Jedi. He can actually move things. That's why, why you got that TikTok artist. She's exactly. a martial artist. She didn't have to CGI. She's Vietnamese. That's all you need. Didn't have to CGI the Vietnamese on her. No, it was already there. Yes. That's why you took a chance on What the fuck? Whatever. They should have CGI'd some acting on those kids. They really should have CGI'd a Bang. lot more. So, this fic is on Archive of Our Own. It's called To Take Care. It's written by High Crescendo. H-A-I Crescendo. Summary. I'll do the, I'll do the shorter summary because there's two. Zuko discovers the truth about what happened to the air nomads and also rediscovers an endangered species. Momo. Zuko finds them at the Western Air Temple, and first that they, uh, the first that they visit after his banishment. He doesn't mean to, and he sure as hell doesn't go looking for them, but he finds them anyway. He bolted out of the temple, past his uncle, past their camp, and runs until he reaches a forested meadow, where he drops to his knees and throws up everything he'd eaten that day. The tiny skulls wouldn't get out of his head. Spirits. They were so small. And the way they were piled up, huddled together against the back wall, not fighting, not murdering, not an army, makes Zuko want to crawl out of his skin. The air nomads had an army. That's what everyone was taught. 
That was what Zuko was taught. Everyone fights, just like in the Fire Nation, and defeating a great army is a great victory for the one who leads them. Zuko didn't see an army. All he'd seen were tiny buried skeletons with bigger ones in front, sheltering, protecting, uselessly. Not an army. His feelings are too big for his body, and Zuko vomits again until he's dry-heaving and wheezing and sobbing. He digs his fingers into the dirt and holds because it's the only thing he knows how to do. Hold on, don't die, that's it. War is war, and if a soldier won't surrender, then the victor has to kill him. But honorable surrender is always given as an option, and even in the Fire Nation, children aren't allowed to go to war. Honorable surrender isn't even an option for children because it's the only option, because children can't make the reasonable choice to go to war. If you find kids, you leave them, or take them, or you let them go, but you don't kill them. They can't make that choice yet. Zuko knows that. Everyone knows that. But these children are dead. And someone, whether that was his great-grandfather or someone under his umbrella of responsibility, his knowing, his honor, his trust, his loyalty, didn't let them surrender. It's a war crime. It's a travesty. It's obscene. It's wrong. It's illegal. It's an offense to everyone who claims to be just to be just and loyal, who looks to the Fire Lord to be just and loyal. Zuko's whole body, body burns and chills, and he can't feel the left side of his face. He's apoplectic, with rage and grief. He's not sure how long he lays in the dirt and waits for the world to take him in his weakness. It's coming. It's always been coming. Zuko's known he was unwanted since he was seven and woke up to Azula trying to uh, trying her level best to smother him with the pillow, and nobody did anything. It might as well take him now, as later he figures. There's a pressure on his back. Zuko jumps and twists up and falls instinctively into a stance and freezes. Drops. Wants to throw up again, but there's nothing left to go. That's a bison standing right there. Eyes wide and frightened like the fear of fire has been bred right into the line the way he's been bred out of uh, Komodo rhinos. Zuko can't fucking believe it. Nobody's seen one since the defeat, the decimation, the annihilation, the murder of the air nomads, and Zuko can't move. He doesn't want to scare it off, but he doesn't want to see it either. Not after all those tiny little bones. He can't make himself frighten it off. He knows he looks awful, that death might be a mercy. Half of his face vanished, the other half tear-stained and dirty, his whole body shaking like a leaf. But the bison, huge up close, approaches him, puts his massive head on his back, and gives a quiet low of sound, and Zuko can't stop the tears that burn and sting and climbs. It's a long time before he has the strength to get up on his feet, and he feels wrung out and shaky, like he got put back together the wrong way. The bison watches him and waits until he's steady before pushing its face into his dirty hands. Zuko doesn't know how long Sky Bison are supposed to live, but he's pretty sure this one's not old enough to have been tamed. It's hesitant, but not afraid enough to be tamed. Just the smell of soot and smoke on him should be enough to send it running, never to be seen again. But his experience, any part of the massacre a hundred years ago. But nevertheless, it lets Zuko bury his hands in its thick fur and hold on until his feet work. And slowly, he starts the walk back up to the temple, back to uncle, back to almost a century of shame and horror left to rot and be forgotten. They need burial rites. Zuko doesn't know what a nomad spirit needs to rest, so what he knows will have to do. Sort the bodies, burn the bones, and maybe throw the ashes into the wind? It's the best he's got. And he has to tell uncle about the sky bison. What are we thinking so far? Dope. So it's not done. We, we, this is this is just like a natural break in the story. It's, they had a little line. It's sick, and you know, like it really makes me. It really makes you think about like how, when it comes to like times of war, mm-hmm. when those who are waging the war are just purely doing it for conquest, how they yeah. have to make things up to their people. Yeah. And what first blush this is a really out there comparison, but first blush it makes me think of Jojo Rabbit. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. But it depicts essentially like this young boy who's mm-hmm. growing up in Nazi Germany. Oh no, okay, no, I haven't seen it. Yeah, and um, he's all like, "Oh, like I'm going to kill the, you know, kill the enemy," and they have like wings and yeah. they have great armies. And then he actually meets someone who's like Jewish, and he's like, "Oh, it's just like a person. They're not great. There's no army there yeah. to kill us or anything." And um, that's what this makes you think of. It's like you all of a sudden like you've been sold this lie. Like, yeah, there's like you will win glory by fighting this. I'm I'm trying to think. I'm thinking of like another, like fa- like you know, literary example mm-hmm. of that. Um, I want to say like Heart of Darkness, but like they really don't human do a great job of humanizing the tribe. Yeah, yeah. That one, but uh, yeah, like the idea of like 
you've been sold a bill of goods that's not what it appears to be. These are peaceful people, and your entire life has been based on a lie yeah. for conquest. One very general rule about warfare in particular is that there, it, it's, it's a tough thing to say, but unfortunately for there to be a conflict, there has to be a level of otherizing. There has to be a level of discrimination. In group, out group. Yeah, exactly. And it is the job of the people who are waging the war higher up to create that distinction between us and them. Which, like, that's a painful thing to say. That's why you want to say Walt Disney to make cartoons. That's exactly what happened. before films. Exactly. To get people fired up. Yes. And, you know, that's... Unfortunately, we still have a lot of slurs and a lot of things in our culture that are ingrained into us from past wars that, you know, nobody's alive to talk about anymore. I mean, have you ever heard, like, just, like, the term Jerry for to describe a German? Yeah, yeah. Like, that was supposed to be a slur at one point. Was that World War One? Both, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. It started with World War One. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Jerry's. We we're going to go over there and fight the Jerry's and you know kick the Kaiser. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of like alliterations like that. And I like that they took that premise of there was this otherizing, and they you know there were these lies that had to be told to sell this. Like you know, there are definitely WMDs in Iraq, right? Mm-hmm. Right? right. There has to be, right? I, that's what I, I really <laughs> like in your two plays up that like no, this can't be like. They have an army. Like everyone yeah. knows that. Yeah. They had a vicious, bloodthirsty. We had to wipe them out. Savages. Like, yeah. We had. Yeah. And that's not what happened. That's great. Yeah. And I, I will say, having rewatched it, not so recent, but more than when I was, you know, a little kid, like eight, um, they do do a really good job depicting war and like to be a show for kids to get so much into like refugees and displacement and what these powers are doing. Nothing but the utmost respect for Avatar. I'm just going to say right now, if you're listening and you've never watched Avatar, I mean, it's free on Netflix right now. Right. You know what I mean? Like, unless you're, unless you, you know, are a chump who's actually paying for it, you got to be siphoning off of someone else's yeah, Netflix. Yeah. You're not using your parents' Netflix. Yeah. What? What are you talking about? Yeah. You're not parents. What? what? You're a wizard. Yeah, you're a wizard, Harry. Well, at that point, you know, you could just like make your own Avatar. Make, yeah. Exactly. Iroh is constantly surprised by his nephew, but this might be the new standard. Zuko standing before him, back ramrod straight and jaw raised, despite clear evidence of tears still on his face. He makes an excellent picture of a stoic soldier about to make a report, or he would, if not for the massive bison standing behind him and trying its level best to chew on his on his phoenix tail. His mirth doesn't entirely override the shock. If anyone on this planet could possibly rediscover this guy bison by accident, it would definitely be his nephew. We have work to do, Uncle, Zuko says, seriously, and doesn't shift out of parade rest. We have to, and here his expression goes vulnerable and horrified, and all Iroh wants to do is hold him, but he can't, not right now. We have to take care of the, the bodies and set their spirits to rest. Ours and theirs. For there were plenty of Fire Nation corpses too, though far fewer. Also, I found a Sky Bison. Um, it's funny that they say the thing about the Fire Nation corpses. Because when I read that, I read it as I'm setting, I'm purging my own spirit for having been associated with the people that did this. Oh, you mean the, you mean the air nomads? Like, having to give them a proper burial and everything? Like, yeah, like... We need to set their spirits free, but in the way he's like, I need to cleanse myself of this guilt. I'm absolving myself of something I never did, though I feel guilty for it. I like to think that there's more of, like, a, a horror and, like, a writing of past deeds and, like, trying to do right... Yeah, that's what I'm people, saying. People. Not, not more so, like, I'm, I feel guilty for this, more so, like, this is the honorable and right thing to do. Well, it not only is the honorable right thing to do, but also there is a level of guilt, I would assume, in his experience because of the fact that mm-hmm. you bought into the lies and you you did believe them and because of you believing those lies something bad happened to That's these right. people yeah is the guilt uh, it's common yeah is the guilt what um... yeah yeah <laughs> Iroh's voice is choked and strangled when he says I can see that what he doesn't ask is what Zuko plans to do about it it's clear that the boy is hurt and struggling and while Iroh isn't having an easy time of it he's also not horribly not terribly surprised horrified yes surprised no I do like this picture of like Iroh as like the woke guy's like Oh, there are no armies. Yeah. Everyone's like, shut up, old man. He's like, 
I'm saying that. It's all a lie. I mean, that's that's Iroh the whole series, basically. Yeah. Like, ever since his son died, which we do find out in Tales of Lost Things, say, like... T-O-B-S. Yeah. Yeah, whatever it is. Uh, like, we learn that he is kind of over war, and he kind of is through with it and doesn't like it, and he lost his son because of yeah. the lies his brother told. Yeah, he's like a great general. He's like if Alexander the Great, like, marched the other end of the yeah. earth and got there and was like, what's the point? And was, was always him. worth it. Exactly. Yeah. And Iroh's I, I by far my favorite character. He's the, the best character. Yeah, absolutely. I know. Um, wait until coming this summer. Coming this summer. Young Iroh. Oh, Iroh. Oh, God damn it. The prequel. Iroh. <laughs> Jesus. I know what to do with our people, Uncle, but what of the others? Zuko asks. Do you know anything? Iroh rubs his chin, looking thoughtful. I haven't read anything specific, he admits, eventually. In retrospect, I wish I had looked a bit harder. He's not sure the spirits of air will appreciate being burned. Hmm. Zuko looks just as unsettled. Are fire rights better than no rights at all? He asks after after some thought. I don't, I don't know what they want, and what they want is important. He doesn't have to say. After Zuko bolted past him in and out of the temple entirely, Iroh had looked into the room he just left and had to grab the wall. It's no small matter, and Zuko is kind. He's hurting right now from every direction, and a good day for him still means he's more prickly than a porcupine bear. But it's not his pride or ego that hurts; it's his heart. Iroh would, Iroh would rather cut out his own than take that kindness out of him. I think Iroh tells him very gently. They might forgive cremation if thrown to the wind with respect. That's what I was just saying. That's nice. That's dope. Um, and I don't think we covered it. Zuko is finally Ozai's son. He was originally tasked with finding the Avatar and setting his honor straight. We talked about that. Yep. He has to um, catch the Avatar in order to restore his honor. When he got dishonored, I don't know, banished. Yeah, banished. Iroh went with him. And, his uncle. And book three, he trains Aang in the art of firebending. And that's... That's so what you're saying is that dope. his dad was right about him the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he kind of is a failure, though. <laughs> I mean... kind of sucks, though. Yeah. Um, but in this case, being a failure was good. Yeah. yeah. So this story... I know we're still in the middle of it, and I keep interrupting it. This story is set before he trains yeah. Ong, and might be one of the reasons why he does so. Right. Yeah. The work is horrible and backbreaking and messy. It's supposed to be hard, Zuko thinks, and forces himself to hold it together. Uncle's fine. Somber and serious, but he doesn't look like Zuko feels. Tense and tight on a tether. Like the slightest wind will blow him to pieces. It's supposed to be hard and horrible, because what happened was hard and horrible. And every time Zuko finds himself holding a very small, sooty skull in his hands, he has to stop and do some deep breathing until he can keep going. With everybody, he and Uncle say a silent prayer to Agni. For their own people, for them to simply be taken to rest, because that and salt and flame is all they need to settle. To who? Agni? Is there a god in this universe? Uh, maybe it's the fire deity? There we go. Keep going. Maybe it's the fire turtle. For the rest, rest, Zuko asks the sun spirit to find whoever watches over the people of the air to carry them where they need to go and a traitorous apology. He can't own up to that part, not to Uncle. It feels like giving up, like he's betraying his country to feel that this was wrong. But it was, and he's sorry, even if there's nothing he can do about it. The bison that Zuko definitely hasn't already named Mochi is still hanging... I, I fucking hate that. I hate how fanfiction always has to do that. He definitely hasn't, definitely hasn't already done that. Like, Who may or may not, but definitely is already named... Yeah, it's like... like that's such a cheeky way to cut the like sincerity of the piece. Yeah. God, that bothers me. Because this is—I don't know—that's just like you're writing something that doesn't sound like or feel like fan fiction, and then you have to go with. You definitely didn't name it Mochi. We we you know, they try. Mochi doesn't feel like fan fiction. What's fan fiction supposed to feel like? Dude, are you defining this? Are you putting boundaries on this art? They trundle her out. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, it's not a monolith. Yeah, they trundle her out before they started burning, and Zuko was sure that she'd fly away, flee the way the air nomad should have, but she didn't. He's not sure whether he wants her to or not. And finally, finally, they're ready to let the ashes blow, and maybe it's a coincidence, and maybe not, but the wind blows a hard spiral, catches the cloud of ash, and carries it away. Slowly, slowly, Zuko sinks into the ground. He feels hollow and wretched, wretched, and like he wants to sleep for a week. Zuko might never sleep again. 
Pickle settles himself down on the ground next to him. Doesn't touch. Knows better, but makes himself close. He doesn't ask Zuko if he's okay. He's not stupid. Uncle, this was... He begins, stops, thinks, starts again. This wasn't right. Not just what they taught us was a lie. There was no army at all. Not here. Just just little kids and nuns and babies and a bunch of pacifists who didn't see any of it coming. There are rooms still with cribs that they had to go through. Zuko was never sleeping again. It wasn't right, and not just because it was a lie. It was wrong to do it at all. Uncle says nothing, like he can sense that Zuko isn't done. And Zuko's not done. He turns and reaches out just once to grip Uncle Iroh's sleeve, holds tight, releases. Uncle, this was wrong. We were wrong. It hurts, like a full-body hit taken undefended, slipping right past Zuko's defenses and landing soundly in the softest floor he has. We came here to learn about airbenders so that I could find the Avatar, wherever he is, so that Zuko could find him, capture him, and take him home, so that the pit of shame and guilt and not enough could finally fill in and he wouldn't just be a disappointment anymore. He'd be the crown prince who did what so many couldn't, capture the Avatar and win the war. But no one knew anything about the Avatar, and as far as the war, Zuko wants to throw up. I don't think I can do it. And with those words, Zuko buries his face in his palms and can't even look Uncle in the eyes. You haven't been exiled, he mumbles into his hands. You could still go home. I wouldn't stop you, and I wouldn't blame you. That, that part he doesn't say, he just thinks. Mm-hmm. And leave him there to rot, like he deserves to be a traitor to his country. Uncle's staring, pale and shaken. He looks at him like he's seen him for the first time, and he then clears his throat. Nephew, please do not take my silence for agreement, he says, finally, quietly. I thought I would have more time before we would talk about this, and had hoped that by the time we would, I would know what to say. Zuko feels cold down to his bones. Firebenders can still freeze. Uncle's the one to reach out now. That's a good line. That's a really good line. To take his shoulders in his hands and reel him in to crush his sooty, devastated nephew to his chest. When I came with you, I had already made my decision. Wherever you go, I will follow. You are my family. Wherever you go, whatever you do, I will be right there waiting for you. You are my family. Far more than what we left in the capital. And you are right, Prince Zuko. This was wrong. He can't say I'm proud of you. Zuko isn't ready to hear it. But he gives the boy in his arms a squeeze and doesn't loosen until he stops trembling. I will not forsake you. Not here, nor anywhere else. Zuko sacks against him, completely speechless and relieved. He wouldn't have been surprised if he left, and he's glad it didn't happen, but he doesn't think he'd forgive himself if he hadn't given Uncle the option. Even though now he's definitely signed himself up for extra meditation and calming tea. The moon's up, shining white over the mountains. What do I do? Zuko had felt better, moored with the purpose. That purpose is now gone, scattered out on the wind, never to be seen again. He feels lost and aimless. He is lost and aimless. What to do will come when it's ready, Uncle tells him, and lets him sit up, keeps his arm wrapped firmly around Zuko's shoulders. The real question is, what do we do about the bison? There's nothing Zuko can do for the people who once lived here. He's idealistic, but not stupid. The dead are dead, and very rarely get a say. But the bison are here and alive and survived somehow for a century without being seen or found. How many might be there? Are they healthy? Where are they even living? We need to find the rest, Zuko says firmly. We'll take care of them. Finding the bison is easy. All Zuko has to do is get up the nerve to climb on top of Muchi and let her walk him to the rest of her... I thought it wasn't It definitely wasn't Rest of the herd hauled away in the hidden little forest and caves. I don't know. That, is it, am, I, am I okay? You're, you're right. that, that seems very out of place. It was. It it's like, it's like place. you're writing something that isn't full of fan fiction tropes. We talked about the peer review process. Yeah. Right? I went with the peer review process. They're like, you need to put this in. Yeah. And they're like, this isn't good enough. This isn't fan fiction enough. Where's incredulously? <laughs> From the little bits that uncles managed to read about them, he knows that that's not where they're most comfortable. Bison are meant to have space with lots of room to move and graze and stretch. These, they hide. They aren't afraid, not really, not in the way that they would be if they'd experienced human cruelty, but something about them is hesitant and frightened. Zuko sits on top of Mochi and lets her plod him around for three hours before the others will let him close. By then, he's named all the ones he can tell apart. There's Mochi and Maja and Furikaki and Kutsodon and Dango, and he'll come up with the other names for the rest later. But now, he's so relieved that Mochi isn't the last one that he wants to lay down on the ground and not get up for a while. Zuko does not do that. He does, however, lay down on Mochi and doesn't get up for a while. 
And there are so very few of them. Zuko knows nothing about Bison, and this was a terrible idea. At least Uncle's gone down to Wani to talk to G and the crew. Searching for the Avatar? Sure, fine, okay. Not searching for the Avatar? There may be a problem. Especially when it came to Marines and military having their orders charged on them. For all Zuko knows, he won't even have a crew by the end of the day. And then what's he to do? Wait. Stop. Think. Plan for Bison first. Plan for the crew next. Plan for Zuko after that. Zuko eyes the tiny herd of bison, eyes a temple that he can just barely see, upside down and talk into a mountain. That's not a good place for them to live, and the forest isn't a good place for them to live, and aren't bison supposed to be able to fly? He hasn't seen a single one so much as hover. The sky part of the sky bison has to be true, right? In the end, though, he makes his way back down to the ship and nearly runs headlong into Lieutenant G, who has a look on his face like he's sure he's lost his mind, with Uncle close behind him. Zuko stares at him, straightens and dares him with his mind to start a fight, only to have the man stop mid-step and turn into a firebender-shaped statue. Zuko feels something lipping at... at at the end of his phoenix tail, and swapped the ba hand backwards, catches Mochi in the nose. Stop that, he grumbles at her. Sir, that's a sky bison. Duh. I thought my uncle told you about them. Uncle Iris shrugs helplessly. Was that, duh, an insert, or...? No, that, it's written, but it's not said. It's, it's thought. Okay, okay, I'm fine. Uncle Iris shrugs helplessly in the background. He did, sir. She side-eyes uncle with a pointed look that plainly says that this was not what he signed up for. This that's is getting a little it. sassy. This is getting a little sassy. Yeah. Right? Where is this going? This is... A lot, of, a lot of tones. Yeah. Zuko's definitely lost his crew, and he's only had them for a week. And what are they going to do, sir? Zuko jumps. What? He snaps out of the habit. Being startled makes him snarlier. What are we going to do with them? That's not what Zuko had expected. And he flounders for a moment and forgets, just for a bit, about the bandages around his head. G looks at him, looks at Uncle, and then looks at Mochi. Despite himself, he puts out a hand for her to sniff, which he does. Which she does. Zuko lets himself relax just a little. I thought it was obvious what we were going to do. It wasn't. Bison are an endangered species, and we're going to save them. Finn. Thick fin. Hmm. What are we thinking? Um. I would say just in the slightest bit inconsistent with tone. Yeah, really got a little inconsistent there at the end. Um, but I do like how it kind of goes through all the steps. Because it's not like you see this atrocity and all of a sudden you're like, well, we were wrong. I think there was a lot of really good, like, nuance in the beginning. Yeah. Where it was like, like, we were so wrong. But, like, the fact that I'm thinking that makes me feel guilty. Because I'm yeah. so indoctrinated. Yeah, Which yeah, is, yeah. like, really, like, a yeah. hallmark of the, the amount of, like, molding that a society can do to you. Fire Nation guilt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fire Nation yeah. guilt. Yeah, the Fire Nation's flight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that was really good. And then the fact that, like, once you get past that, again, this is, was moving quickly. But, yeah. Like, once you get past that, you feel so, like, untethered. And, like, your reality has shifted. And you yeah. realize, like, there's nothing above me but sky. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, which was really good. Yeah. But then, <laughs> definitely didn't. Uh, <laughs> I, I like the idea of, like, Okay, my mission to catch the Avatar is totally gone because I don't agree with this anymore. What's my new mission? I want to save these things. I like that. Simple. Start small. Yeah. And like he sees maybe maybe the reason that he's anthropomorphizing by these bison by naming them is because he's seeing them as the last of these people who are dead. Yeah. He's like these, yeah. these the fact that I'm gonna say these people's gonna make up these bison is gonna make up the fact that those people were killed. Yeah. And they will have their own lives that are just as important and fruitful and, mm -hmm. and they matter as much. Yeah. I like the idea of like Mizuko at some point telling a whole like battalion of firebender like the army like no you just watch these bison for the rest of your life you know what I mean like I like that to be like a niche uh, yeah. like little community though yeah. it'd be like something that I would like go backpacking through if I was in that yeah, yeah, yeah. this this like un uncommon like concoction of yeah. fire and air oh, started God. me I'd be like I'm here for yeah it. I'm right there bro it's like a maroon shit <laughs> yeah they created Uncle Iroh prequel uh, have you ever seen the, the picture of the people in Africa who were guarding, like, the last white rhino in existence in the wild? No. Oh, it's just, like, this armed militia of dudes who are like, this one's not gonna get poached. <laughs> and it's just, like, these dudes who's like, 
AKs and just standing like around the rhino. The rhino is so comfortable with them. They're like, yeah, you're not gonna poach this one. I just that's what I see with the bison with firebenders. Yeah, just like guys like nah, you're not gonna get beef guys. Yeah, yeah, just know? like yeah, people that have convened with nature and that's it. But, yeah, yeah, I mean honestly, I think it's really good. I yeah, think, I think that whole characterization of Zuko and really fleshes out his character yeah. a lot, which is again he's stellar. We talk about Iroh being our favorite character, like the best arc. Oh, it's Zuko's. Yeah. Zuko's. Redemption arc is crazy. Awesome. Yeah, it's great. It's yeah. like Jamie Lannister if they actually yeah. freaking stuck the yeah, landing. Stuck. Jesus Christ. I, I, I'll say I do a lot of work with like um, conflict and war and stuff like that, and it seems like this person did their research, and if not, they're just very well attuned. Or at least well read the yeah, yeah, tropes. Yeah. yeah, so I, I like I like, I like that. I like that yeah. a lot. Because so it, it is really sad. I mean, I guess they kind of play on that a couple times when yeah. Aang goes to an Aang, goes Aang. to an Aaron Temple, and like, yeah. I'm so sad. The other character's yeah. like, I'm so sorry, but like that was a legit genocide. Yeah. That could have gotten really dark. And like, the, really dark themes. And the thing is, like, your little boy brain at the time isn't like, well, oh, it's really sad that, like, his people were genocided. Like, wow. It's just like, yo, go back to the bending, though. <laughs> like, this is boring. Play some shit we know. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? Oh, is this, is this whole episode where he's sad? Like, where he's not going to, like, ride his little air scooter? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's not going to pull out his kite and fly? Like, come on. Yeah, but, but it does at the end. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah like, oh, yeah, that's why yeah, I watch the show. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, I mean, honestly, yeah, those are really dark things you can hit on. And yes. Yeah. I like that this kind of expand on that. Like, yeah. this. This, I would feel comfortable with, and what's this author's name again? High Crescendo. High, high Crescendo. High Crescendo. I feel like I would feel comfortable getting High Crescendo, like a, like a comic series. Yeah. They could, like, make it as dark as they want. Yeah. And really, like, flesh out an EU. Yeah. I would just want to focus on Zuko, though. I think they do have Zuko pinned. That's what I'm saying. Like, I would, yeah. re- I would read that. Yeah. I would read that. Um, I think it's interesting that they sort of think about the kids, too, because the show is basically about children caught up in this war and, like, living in this life that they've always known, besides all. And, you know, Zuko's, what, 16 in the show? He's mm-hmm. basically a kid himself. Yeah, but he's a little more hard, yeah. hard you know, as a warrior. He's yeah, nice and, then, and then Toph is a She doesn't girl. say anything, yeah. She, oh, Jesus Christ. Toph is the earthbender that helps Ong learn how to earthbend, and she is blind. She she uses the seismic waves of vibrations to find out where things are. She's spatial. Daredevil. She's Daredevil, yeah. Uh, interesting, the creators originally meant for Toph to be some, like, yolked dude. Hmm. And obviously they didn't do that. But, you know, the one episode where they are in the Fire Nation and they watch the play about themselves. Yes. Toph is a yolk dude. Yeah, that's interesting. That was how they were that, like... That was a good meta episode. It was a good yeah. way to do like a cliff episode but like kind of be yeah. meta about it. And that episode is also kind of related to fan fiction because it also brought in like a lot of like ships and yeah. a lot of like things that the fandom was saying. Yes. So that was a really interactive. I remember that episode. Yeah. I remember hating that episode. It also, it also showed like the, the power of the propaganda that they were like pumping out. Yeah. Like this is what's going on overseas. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't what was going on overseas. That is, uh, Avatar is... Korra specifically, Legend of Korra, is sort of well known for its fan service, because um, a lot of people in the in the fan community really wanted her to get with another female, mm-hmm. and it was basically by the power of the internet that yeah. the creators ended up doing that. Yeah, I mean, at the end, who, 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 maybe it's a two way street. No, I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. it was always going to be that way. Maybe yeah. it was influenced that way, or maybe they were like, "Hey, honestly, that's a better idea than what we had." Yeah, the way I've been sold the story is that it was through the, the power of the internet that it yeah. happened. But like, I, I remember reading that. I don't care if it happened, but mm-hmm. it's like. It's interesting that they were so receptive to fan input, hmm. um, and they'd be willing to like do what they wanted, which is I don't know if that's good or bad. Hey man, as long as it sells action figures, they're gonna do it. Yeah. Interesting. Anything else? Yeah, that's what I got. Okay. Uh, what are you stoked on this week? This week, two mini stoves. Okay. First mini stove. Um, I recently mini stove help. <laughs> I recently got an air fryer. Okay. And I'm s- I'm super mini stoked on that. Okay. It's some fried chicken. It's dope. I've seen people fry steaks in those. Why would you fry steak? I. You could. Yeah. I could. I very well could. And I might, you now might. that you've said that. Yeah. Uh, a small circular steak. I don't know why, because it would have fit in there. So Mini Stoke on that. Other Mini Stoke is the new Taylor Swift album, Folklore. Yeah. I'm going to side with uh, 
Smash Mouth on this one. Bore more. Um, no. <laughs> it's dope. It's very good. Um, my sister and our friends uh, already created a TikTok dance to Invisible Strings. It's blown up on TikTok right now, so That's get out there. Get out there and get after it. That's unfortunate. Um, yeah. I'm enjoying that. I'm listening to Taylor Swift while I air fry things. Well, that's one of the widest things I've ever heard. In my life. <laughs> so, I'm glad you stuck on that. Um, should I have a stoked or an anti-stoked? <laughs> Whatever you want. I kind of have an anti-stoked. First for everything. Yeah. Um, so we've doted on Tom King many times, right? Yeah. We like Tom King. Yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah. I thought he was a good guy. Yeah. He posted on Twitter. Oh, you're talking about Comicscape? Yeah. You know what I'm talking he about? He thinks they're a hate group or something, right? Well, okay. So the thing is. Call Comics Gate what you want. I'm not really going to get into what I think they are. It doesn't really matter. Uh, for those of you who don't know, there uh, I'd say probably about two years ago, there was an exodus of some people in the comic book community um, who said, you were making comic books too political, and then the argument on the other side was comic books have always been political, which is like half true. They've been political in the sense of like, Alan Moore is going to write Rorschach as the embodiment of fascism, but he's not going to sit there and be like, isn't Rorschach bad? Don't we hate bad, like bad people and Donald Trump? Like, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like so outwardly like in your face political. So that's sort of where the difference is. Um, It was communism, but subtle, but subtle. Exactly. Um, And there were a lot of people who were getting hired at Marvel at the time who many argued were not qualified and not deserve the job. And some people in Comicscape said that they only received the positions because of their um, identity breakdown. A lot of people left, and then they started making their own comics. Kickstarter, Indiegogo, all those places. Um, got, they have a very strong internet community. I don't know if that's good or bad, but they have a, a community. I'm going to always say strong internet communities are bad. Yeah. They're just always bad. No, any, anything on the internet's bad at this point. Mm-hmm. And um, it's weird, because Tom King, who is a very prominent writer and a white guy, found out that a guy named Jay Lee did a variant cover for Rorschach 1. Mm-hmm. Jay Lee is a Korean man mm-hmm. who's living in America mm-hmm. who is not online and is not a part of any groups mm-hmm. and apparently, from what I read, has been not struggling, but you know, is doing his best to find work as, as consistently as possible. Right. And um, Tom King basically tweeted this thing like, DC let this guy from Comicsgate, uh, which is a hate group, mm-hmm. do a variant cover. I didn't agree to it. Um, the writers don't have say over who does variant Good covers. Yeah, I think it looks awesome. Um, The writers who write the books don't have say what variant covers, and as far as I'm concerned, the only cover is the the one that I released. Yeah, which is also an awesome cover. Yeah, Yeah. and um, Jay Lee, and then so people got you know really polarized immediately. People were tweeting at DC and saying, "Hey, just you know, your author's telling people not to buy your book," which he didn't say that, but whatever. And the whole point is a white prominent. Very, very prominent comic book writer. Probably like the the I would say at least one. top three right now in the business. Um, tweeted and targeted a minority man, immigrant, I believe, mm-hmm. and called him a part of a hate group and almost made him lose his job. Yeah. And Tommy Boy, I think you're a good writer and I've met you in person. And he's I, listening. He's listening. I know he's listening. I think you're really a really nice guy. But at the same time, I totally irresponsible to do that. He's admitted it was irresponsible. He's apologized for it. Mm-hmm. He said, quote, it's all good between me and Jay. And then Jay posted on Instagram and said, it's not all good. I've been getting hate mail and people have asked me why I'm a part of a hate group. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my anti-stokes. It's, it's, it's just sort of like, you know, if you don't like that comics gate is political, don't get political yourself is sort of the way that I look at it. You want to know how unwoke I am? All right. When I first saw that tweet, and I, saw yeah. the, I think I saw, it on, uh, I saw it on Instagram. Yeah. I thought it was Jim Lee. Jim Lee. Oh, God. If it was Jim Lee, then that's also a 
um, Asian American, yeah. who he would have said was part I saw of Asian. I was like, yeah. Jim Lee. God damn it, Jim Lee. Yeah. yeah. You can't even tell him apart, huh, Ryan? Yeah. Good for you, buddy. <laughs> no, I'm. Um, but I don't. I'm, it's an anti Stokes because he does. He knows how much power he has in the business. Downer. And also, at the end of the day, you are not the owner of Rorschach, and you are not CEO of DC. It's true. You are an employee, That's and even true. though you are providing the story, you are providing a service. Yeah. And um, until it's creator-owned and you're making those decisions, I don't really think you should have a say in who does your variants. Because guess what? Artists, for the most part, already don't have a say. Tom King has been ex- extremely privileged in his career. Yeah, to be able to pick his to artists. To to pick his artists. Stuff, yeah. And if you want to talk about you know, privilege in a power of position of power, He's got it. You're right there, buddy. Mm-hmm. Like I-, I was just watching a thing about how, at the very beginning, Neil Gaiman didn't get to pick who drew Sandman. Do you know how fucking insane that sounds to me? Like, the greatest yeah. comic book series of all time. Who's being, like, get tossed to into it? the bullpen. And they're like, yeah. who wants this? Who wants a whack at it? Yeah, because it, switched, it was notorious for switching artists. So, I, I'm an anti-stoke. I like Tom King as an author. And this is, and the only reason I bring this up is because we've had the conversation on the show, like, Death of the Author, mm-hmm. and whether or not, when it goes out into the world, whether it's still theirs. And you're very Death of the Author, I'm very not. Mm-hmm. But then that would bring up the question of some of, like, Alex, what do you think about separating art from the artist? Mm-hmm. And my response to that would be, I don't believe in depth of the author. <clears throat> I believe if things are written, then they are written to be interpreted the way that they're meant to be interpreted, sure. if they're meant to have an interpretation. If at all, sure. If at all. Um, however, at the same time, you know, you can still like something that someone did, even if they, even though they weren't a good person. You know what? what? I saw you walk up with your headphones. I bet you were listening to Michael Jackson, weren't you? No, I actually was. I bet you were listening to Michael Jackson. I was actually listening to Joji, so I hope you like that one. He's a K-pop like that i do like that yeah there you go i'm so on joji fucking love joji he's great by the way um but i don't know i because I, I guess if, if you're really tracking my ideologies closely which i know no one really gives a shit about they're charting it online but it would seem they're like they're trying if they listen because you were listening to a michael jackson Chris exactly. Brown listening to bad yeah when you were coming up here exactly uh and can't get enough of breezy can you just watching uh the clip of janet jackson having her top ripped off over mm-hmm. and over again uh, i know you would ask you know how would you line up with death of the author and separating art from the artist and i think it's easy to do that mm. you know you the the intention doesn't have to be missed but at the same time the author's entire human existence does not have to encapsulate one bit of work. I like the idea of a bumbling author whose yeah. intention is to write like a hateful manifesto yeah. that's actually interpreted that's by a great. bunch of people as like a really inclusive like work or like a satire of the whole thing. That's yeah. your moral conundrum that's coming. Yeah. So there was a... Um, but, but guys, that's not what it's about. Like, uh, you're great. Like, come to our benefits. I hate you, no. The, um, they're these guys who were goofing on the peer review system. And they submitted uh, excerpts from Mein Kampf, but replaced Jew with white, mm-hmm. and um, got really popular. They actually got the, the they got it published. Mm. I think you told me. And they got retracted time. because they realized it was from Mein Kampf. Yeah, I think you so. told me. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's what's maybe that's going on. I have no idea. Hmm. It's interpreted and it's like, oh, that's pretty inclusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have no idea. So that's my anti-stoked on. I'm not very stoked on the actions of a art or an author that I. But like. you can separate them, so you still consume stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do my best. Uh, if, if I feel like uh, he keeps doing stuff, I'll do my best not to try to support him monetarily if I can help it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I guess you, you can vote with your dollar if you want to. But I'm not saying let's boycott Tom King. He also wrote a long message on Twitter and said he was sorry and he apologized. Um, I just wish he had taken that two extra seconds to not post about something like that. You know what I mean? Like, you do have a responsibility with who you are to be a little smarter about the things you tweet. Yeah, I mean, that's also like the thing with Twitter is, like, you can just need your it's reaction so and all of a sudden it's yeah. just, like, all over the place. Yeah. And, and, I mean, apparently, I don't know if he was at a big threat, but according to one source I read, like, it, like, semi-threatened his relationship with DC hmm. in a bad way. Because they were like, dude, why are you being so fucking impulsive? Marvel would take him. Marvel would want him badly. They do, because he wrote Vision. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was my anti-Stokecon. Doesn't matter. 
That's the episode. I had a fun time. What about you? I had a very fun time. Good. Uh, we're second pick. Uh, follow us everywhere. Uh, leave us uh, rates and reviews, and gives us monies on your Patreons, on our Patreons. Uh, what do we? What, what should we remember, Ryan? This week, let's remember to bring unity in all four of the elements to our lives, and also, um, fuck Buzzfeed. Yeah, fuck Buzzfeed.